0: Thanks for tuning in. I'm Michael Watson, and this is the Influence Watch Podcast. In this episode, Planned Parenthood steps on its own talking points about the centrality of abortion to its mission, senators attack a Roman Catholic fraternal organization, and libertarians sue the federal government for censoring a man who believes he was a victim of abuse of power by the Securities and Exchange Commission. In recent debates over whether to continue providing federal funds to pro-choice advocacy and abortion clinic network Planned Parenthood, The group has consistently asserted that abortions amount to only 3% of the network's services. That prompted White House advisor and presidential daughter Ivanka Trump to suggest in 2017 that Planned Parenthood spin off its abortion practices to spare pro-life taxpayers from being forced to allegedly indirectly subsidize abortions by the group. Planned Parenthood refused, and the group's new president, Leah Wen, formerly the Baltimore City Health Commissioner under Democratic Mayor Catherine Pugh, directly stated why this week. In response to a BuzzFeed article, she wrote, quote, Our, Planned Parenthood's, core mission is providing, protecting, and expanding access to abortion and reproductive health care. Which sort of steps on the 3% talking point more than a little bit. In more than a few ways, Planned Parenthood is also core to the continued provision of abortions in the United States. Comparing statistics from the CDC on total abortions performed and Planned Parenthood's reporting of the number its network performed, Planned Parenthood Federation of America reports that it conducted more than half of reported abortions in the U.S. Planned Parenthood is also naturally core to the liberal political infrastructure as well, both as a contributor and as a recipient of contributions. Planned Parenthood Federation of America financial supporters include Warren Buffett, through the Susan Thompson Buffett Foundation he funded to support his late first wife's pro-choice causes, Mike Bloomberg, through Bloomberg Philanthropies, major institutional left-wing foundations like the Ford Foundation and the Pew Charitable Trusts, and labor unions like the Service Employees International Union and United Food and Commercial Workers. For its part, Planned Parenthood Federation of America has provided contributions to the Center for American Progress, the Democratic Party establishment-aligned think tank, and Netroots Nation, a left-wing bloggers and activists conference. Our second item, we turn to Article 6 of the U.S. Constitution, which reads in part, quote, No religious test shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust under the United States. The provision ensured that no American government, at any level, could repeat the passage and effects of the English Acts of Supremacy and Test Acts, a set of laws requiring English public officials, including members of Parliament, to swear oaths affirming the King's supremacy over religion in England and denying the Catholic interpretation of the Eucharist, in essence banning Catholics from public office. But it seems that a handful of Democratic Senators wish to, in their own small way, revive the religious test. Senators Mazie Hirono of Hawaii and Kamala Harris of California asked a series of probing questions about judicial nominee Brian Buescher's membership in the Knights of Columbus, a fraternal organization for Roman Catholic men. The Knights of Columbus's sins, in the eyes of Hirono and Harris, are upholding the Catholic positions on abortion and marriage. The senators claim this makes the organization extreme, and led them to ask if Buescher would quit the group, quote, to avoid any appearance of bias. Senators received an intra-party rebuke from normally left-wing representative Tulsi Gabbard of Hawaii, who expressed opposition both to Buescher's nomination and to Harris and Hirano's line of questioning, which Gabbard went so far as to characterize as, quote, religious bigotry. Gabbard further noted that Democratic luminaries John Fitzgerald and Teddy Kennedy were members of the Knights of Columbus. Other left-wing activists backed Harrison Hirano. Jill Filipovich, a feminist author and fellow at the liberal think tank New America, called the Knights, quote, an extreme right-wing, anti-choice, anti-LGBT, all-male organization, and tweeted an opposition research document on the Knights of Columbus compiled by a group calling itself Catholics for Choice, an ostensibly but not really Catholic organization advocating for abortion rights, funded by... Warren Buffett, through the foundation named for his late wife. In response to Harrison Hirano's questioning, the Washington, D.C. chapter of the Knights of Columbus wrote a letter to the senators reiterating the group's political neutrality the group, quote, does not have the authority to take personal political positions on behalf of all its approximately two million members, and illustrating the group's charitable works, including a coat drive and collections of baby supplies for the poor. And in our final item, the libertarian think tank the Cato Institute, and with the support of libertarian public interest law firm Institute for Justice, is suing the government, which isn't surprising. What is somewhat surprising is what they're suing the government for. The groups allege that the Securities and Exchange Commission, or SEC, a federal agency responsible for enforcing regulations on financial trading, is unlawfully prohibiting the Cato Institute from publishing a book because of a conditions of a settlement agreement with the book's author, a person who believes the agency railroaded him. The SEC has a rule which has been enforced since 1972, which conditions any settlement agreement on the accused person refraining from, in IJ's and Cato's statement of their claims, ever contesting any of the allegations the government made in any forum, whether the allegations were admitted or not. The person submitted a manuscript said to allege various unfair practices by the SEC to Cato Institute regulatory scholars. Given the Cato Institute's long-standing criticisms of government regulatory processes and unfairness shown by government prosecutors towards the accused, Cato wishes to publish the book. Among Cato's criticisms of the SEC process is that the agency allegedly uses the threat of ruinous, endless litigations to compel settlements subject to the gag orders, which then chill criticism of the process by the accused. This would be a form of what's called lawfare, punishment by litigation, except performed by the federal government itself because of the settlement gag order, Cato cannot publish the book. Cato and Institute for Justice argue this violates the First Amendment, since the gag order prohibits public discussion of the SEC's rules and practices as they are applied. Making matters worse, the SEC imposes these gag orders on settlements in which the accused does not admit or deny guilt to particular charges, meaning the government did not even have to prove its case or secure an admission in order to silence the accused. In the words of Institute for Justice attorney Jamie Kavanaugh, quote, the SEC shouldn't be in charge of deciding who is allowed to criticize the SEC. The government cannot use the threat of ruinous prosecution to ward off criticism of its actions. That's our show for this week. If you're listening to this on YouTube, we encourage you to subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher. And if you have subscribed, thank you, and please leave us a five-star rating. We'll see you next week.